Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Roka Report. Podcast with your host, James Copley, Connor Bromley, and Gav. And also joined by Chris Kern. <laughs> Thank you to the X Factor guy for that glowing introduction. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> anyway. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Roker Report podcast. As you heard, we're joined by Connor Bromley. How are you doing? I'm good. Enjoyed the intro. Good <laughs> Better stuff. than any shite you say, anyway. Well, there you go. There you go. Gav, how are you doing? I'm not bad. How are you? <laughs> not too bad, mate. And we're joined by Chris Cam. I'm not doing the whole Hello. show like that. Like. <laughs> you, you pulled the curtain back. You've ruined it. He's not actually here. He's <sighs> I know. People thought we had the guy from the x Factor. now. We don't. But no. Would have been a coup if we could have got him. We've got the next best thing. Baldwin's Gav. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, we could get the, the dramatic anybody, like choral music for the opening. Could do. If anybody wants a cheaper alternative to the X Factor guy to do voiceovers for their adverts on the radio, and you know, I'm easy bought. How cheap? Pot noodle. We are very easily bought very on this cheap. podcast. Like. <laughs> right. So this week we lost to QPR. Jason Steele lost his mind again. We are last in the table. Uh, so we will go to the three-word review. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bilbo Ball Baggins says no longer care. What a name. John says all hope lost. John Ridley says expected, never unexpected. Tom Atkinson says Jesus wept. James Lawson, Coleman bottled it. Oh, he loves he loves hammering into Coleman, does James Lawson, doesn't he? Dave Garden, disaster after disaster. Adam, just drop Fletcher. Craig Davies, championship. So yesterday. And Dave Garden says Rotten Co wins. Kyle Tate says someone kill Fletcher. Kyle Tate <laughs> says Coleman out now. Kyle Tate says get rid Fletcher. <laughs> Kyle Tate says League One inbound. Kyle Tate said steal his shit. Kyle Tate oh, he's furiously <laughs> typing on his keyboard on this. Raging. Steve N says make it stop. Thomas Scott, what happens next? Alex Campbell, it gets worse. Jake Collinson, steal you cunt. Casper the nonce, embarrassment seemingly endless. <laughs> Reese Benson, steals fucking shite. Um, Michael Scott-esque uh, put on a gif with who was that who was he Nate Diaz Nate after he Diaz. beat Conor McGregor um, saying I'm not surprised 
Bledge says, please just stop. SAFC North Yorkshire says, we are shite. Well, as always with the three-word review, there's a, a common theme developing. Connor, what do you make of the uh, the result? <laughs> well, it was poor. Poor from start to finish. You know, the effort was, I would say, was there this weekend, which we can't always say, but it was. But you just got outdone by a ridiculous ridiculous mistake you know not only does he misjudge the flight of the ball Jason Steele he he decides to punch it let it go over your head let them score let him maybe miss the chance you never know what will happen might be a covering defender and don't punch it in the air so obviously at least punch it less obviously than what he did it I don't just, think he could have he was at full strength was stretch wasn't he but the worst thing is he misjudged such a simple over the top ball why yeah. was he even coming out to try and head it I don't, I don't even know just a, another example of how goalkeeping's going to cost for our place in this league well it's already cost for because there's no way we're staying up now so the result leaves us um, 8 points behind Hull, Reading and Bolton more importantly we're now 4 points behind 21st place Barnsley who also have a game in hand as the fixture list shows um, it isn't over as long as Sunderland can actually manage to win some football matches Gav how likely is that to happen? <laughs> um, very unlikely I just think this team doesn't have it in them, even when they're playing a hundred percent. They don't. They don't have it in them to to be able to. I don't know. Go at a team. I mean, we, we saw them do it against Hull, but how long ago was that? You know, it's mm. th- these games have been few and far between. Performances have been few and far between. Um, and I mean, I don't mean to sound completely downtrodden and negative, but I just think that. I just think that's it now. I just don't see where we get. I mean, what would need probably five wins, maybe, to say you were safe. I win nine games. We've won what five all season. <laughs> it ain't happening. Um, mm. And I think I think the goalkeeping point that Connor just made is a pertinent one. I think that you look at the majority of the games we've lost this season, and and you know, vast majority of them, we've, there's been a mistake by a keeper or a defender or whatever. Just too many individual errors really have cost us. Um, and when you heard Martin Bain at the start of the season talk about efficiency when selling Vito Minone, huh. uh it kind of looks like the most stupid thing he could have said because well, you know we've replaced him with three keepers. None of them have got the ability he's got in the little fingers. Is it? Um, it's just in a long line of Martin Bain calamities, in, in uh, my opinion. I mean, to be honest, at the time trying to look optimistically at everything, I, I thought, oh yeah, well, you know, fair enough. Vito was time was up and he wanted to leave or something like that. I mean it's looking like the biggest error ever now because none of those keepers are good enough and Jason Steele has had about 80 chances this season that's probably the last time we'll see him in a sudden shirt and uh, thank fuck for that but Chris would you uh, would you have Strajek come in just just for the banter yeah why not I mean after have to agree that we are already down and try to be a bit more positive and say that at least it's obvious what we need in the sense of like the reason we just we just like we conceded that goal is because Catamol was too slow, shaded this, that, or the other. But when it comes to goalkeeping, it we haven't got an option that's that's good enough. So Strijek has to come in and have a try. He must be sitting on the bench wondering what he has to do mm. to get a chance. Because I mean, if he doesn't get one now, he never will. It's the same old story for us, though, isn't it? Because the opening exchanges of the game were fairly evenly contested. Neither team really troubled the other, and then we just go and throw it all away again. Did Did anyone watch? It is related to this, but did anyone watch the Forest Derby game? No. no. Well, Pantillamon was a free, like, was available in January, and he pulled off three or four worldy saves, mm. and surely we could have been all over. I that. mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I think you've made the point on Twitter, Connor, regularly this season that um, 
our choice in goalkeeper has lost us points. It's not all down to go- the goalkeeper. I, think, I don't think we'd be out of the relegation zone. The cost were about 20 points this season. Actually, I think we would have comp- capitulated anyways. But it does make a difference. Though. Yeah, no, it does. It does make there a many, difference. There aren't many performances this if season let for a finish. goalkeeper where you can look at like, <laughs> like I saw Lee Camp's review in your review, Gav. It was a uh, wasn't at fault for the goal. Couldn't really have done a lot more. We haven't had many performances from keepers this season that are like that, where you can say like, oh well, not his fault. He had a solid yeah. enough game. They've all been that rickety and poor that it, you, you actually can blame them individually. The point you could put to that is that. We had Jordan Pickford last season, finished bottom of 24 points. He didn't make that much of a difference, even though he is a top keeper. I'd, I'd, I agree, to be honest. I think that um, a good keeper would have made a difference, but I think a I think defender would have made a difference too. I think we'd be yeah. better off, would, but would still be going down. Yeah. I, to be honest, there's a million reasons why we are where we are. That, that was me. Yeah. That was what my point was going to be. You can't just pinpoint the goalkeeper. You know, Catamol's a problem, O'Shea's a problem. Yeah, but it all stems Ashley from... Ashley Fletcher's a problem. It all stems from the keeper, though. If you, as a defender, have a goalkeeper you don't trust, then it, it changes your decision-making. If, if, it if, can do, but I think most of the players trusted Jordan Pickford last season and they still went down. Yeah, but that was... I think everyone can accept that Sunderland were running out of time in the Premier League. I don't think you could... Really attributed. And I think last season Sunderland have stayed up with better keepers behind them. Yeah, behind last the season the squad was a lot more disjointed. I think there was a lot more players that were like disinterested and disconnected from each other as well as the club. And I think at least this season the squad that we have there, like players like Azaria, although they're on loan, they do actually care about performing and having a run out. George Honeyman, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve every time he steps out. We've got a lot more togetherness in the squad, but it's you know, not making any difference due to the lack of quality everywhere. Mm-hmm. On on George Honeyman as well, um, Coleman did a, a piece today that's been published. Uh, one of the quotes from that piece was, George Honeyman's don't grow on trees. To what extent is George Honeyman underrated team. by... Well, are you going to let me finish anything? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. To what extent is George Honeyman underrated by Sunderland fans? Um, massively in my eyes. I, I don't actually think he's a he's a top player. I just think that when you look when you look at the main complaints of Sunderland f- fans this season towards players, you couldn't level any of that at, at George Honeyman. I think he plays, you know, at his peak every week. And um, all right, sometimes that might not be good enough. Um, but at a time when Sunderland players on the pitch um, couldn't be more disconnected from the fans, I think he's the one one in there that gets it. It kills him when we get beat. Mm. Well, Coleman says you know, he wants to be in the side. When he's not in the side, he's asking why. He wants to play for Sunderland. He wants to be there. Well, at the minute, that's good enough. Yeah, that, more that, than good enough as well. Um, and who knows what the future holds for George Honeyman at Sunderland? I think in a, I think he's played something like thirty-seven games this year. A lot for a first season, playing a competitive mm. level. All right, we've struggled, but he's played pretty much every position on the park. What, what do we make of Coleman's um, comments though? Because to me, it sounded like. Coleman may be planning for life next season no matter what because he, he, yeah. he says he wants to build a side around George Honeyman for me although I agree with him the most positive thing I took from that piece was that Coleman might be around next season yeah that was a that was a big hint towards that and I, to be honest there's nothing there's been nothing to suggest that otherwise really um, I can't remember I can't remember who commented it on Twitter but it was a journalist saying he's basically waiting on the summer coming around and the promises he's been made being think, kept yeah and maybe Nick Barnes yeah so, um, you know, you, if Coleman stays, then you've got to say, well, at least these promises have been kept and at least mm. they were good enough promises to convince him to stay, even if we do get relegated. 
which is a slight little, tiny little light, I suppose, at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and, and there's, there's, we've said on this podcast before, there's no doubt that Coleman has made tactical mistakes at times this season, I think it's fair to say. Um, squad choices haven't been great. I'll, this leads on to a tweet from Mobile Mackham who says... Stop blaming Coleman. If somebody asks you to sort a lump of wood with a fish, then you'd look incompetent too. The bloke has balls for taking on an impossible job. We need him when the sale goes through. And Ellis Short, get the fuck out of our club. Nice little touch yeah. at the end. Well, I mean, the point stands, doesn't it? It's, it's. He's the man. He's the man to get behind, and he's the man that I think all, well, the majority of supporters look at and think, I can see him leading us through better times. It's just a case of getting to that point, being patient enough to get there. I mean, God knows we've been patient, Sun and fans. But I think this time we have got the right manager. Um, I am, although I'm devastated to see the club where it is, I'm not fearful of football in League One if Chris Coleman's a manager. Um, because I think when you when you assess the size of the task at hand, the overhaul of players that is going to have to be inevitably... Um, you know, you're talking about a different prospect this time next year, and I know people thought that when we got relegated from the Premier League, but this just feels different. It feels different. I think there's a there's a real core of young players there who are very inexperienced, aren't ready yet. But Coleman repeats it all the time. He says they'll have learned a lot from this. Mm. The likes of Madja, the likes of Asora, the likes of Honeyman, Ethan Robson, and then you've got others on the precipice like Strijek, Embleton. Luke Molyneux who's probably the most impressive player in that 23's group for me well he scored twice um, against Everton on Saturday mm-hmm. and we had Lyndon Gooch who was on the bench against QPR but exactly, he scored yeah. He scored against Newcastle twice I made the point on Twitter that is it not time that we're kind of dispensed with some of the older pros that have continually failed and just give the young lads a chance they might not keep us up but I think they'll give us a lot of a lot of effort I think I think the problem is is that until it's actually over, Coleman's not going to surrender that. No, that's true. I think I think if if Sunder down with four games to go, then you'll see them play. But but, but should but do the do the pros warrant warrant the chance to get us out of it at the moment? I'm not sure they do. I Definitely needs to be a change. Go on, Connor. Uh, I'd say no. Like I would change it. I would have changed it. I think probably in about February. And if no. if fo- how, if why? football's meritocratic, then why is Luke Molyneux, Josh Robson? Why they're not getting chances? Well, why are we playing lone players off other teams when we? That, that's the chances? thing that bugs me. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> like we're giving a char. I'm not nothing against a char. Yeah, he seems all right, but we're giving players like him and Fletcher game time. We've got we're on young lads who need game. Fletcher, time. Tom, Bead, Tom Beadlin out on loan, Andrew Nelson out on loan, doing well. Could they have provided options this season? Definitely, especially given the terrible, terrible injury list we've had. Yeah, it might. It. I think. I think. Hmm. Say the Scottish Championships, a good learning ground, but it's not. It's not a relegation battle in the English Championship. You know it's, what I mean? It's not, but it'll, it'll um, serve. It'll probably serve. That's well what I mean. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I think. I think that they'll have learnt a lot more from going away from Sunderland, and and you know, trying to prove themselves and sitting on our bench, mm. which is a big problem I've got with the with the way it works. Anyways, I just think, I think like, why are players like Ethan Robson, Madja, Asor, why are they just making their first? First impressions now. Why were those players not on loan last year? Like at Christmas, it was obvious where this club was going, and it was a championship. Every one of those lads should have been loaned out because they would have got clubs for them. And I don't care if that's in the championship, League One, League Two, Conference. 
just getting away from Sunderland and getting in a different changing room and being in the you know the day to day with players who have got mortgages and families to feed and it's all on the line. That means a lot more than playing under 23s football. And unfortunately, um, we're asking a lot of these kids who've never really been anywhere but Sunderland. I think when watching the under 23s, it's a it's a timid game. You know, not nothing against the quality of it. You know, that they do play nice football, but it it doesn't have that. Uh, I don't know that nastiness that you see in the, the it, proper man. It just game. doesn't come, you know. So I think I agree that you should have had them out on loan. We should have done that for years. You know, we've let players like John Egan leave and essentially have his loan spell at Gillingham, but permanently, mm-hmm. and now he's yeah. a good Championship player. That that's an issue that they need to rectify, and they'll rectify it themselves because next year they're going to be the only players we've got. Yeah. And they should be good enough for League One. Embleton, for me, I mean, I know we're talking about Molyneux, but Embleton is the prospect that I'm most looking forward to seeing in, in League One I can't see why he wouldn't be playing every week can take corners seems very very inept uh, very inept is he seasoned enough though for you Connor <laughs> that's, well you get it in League One that's the, the beauty of it you know these players will be who wanted loan spells to lower leagues will essentially be having it by just playing for something but, but then, <laughs> then again why was Hamilton not loaned out in January even you know what what goods are doing and playing for our under twenty threes? I just don't understand it. Yeah, that's true. Like he looked good against Newcastle in that under twenty threes game. He got on the ball, made positive passes. His first touch was excellent. I thought, but then why couldn't he be having a game like that against like Accrington or Walsham or someone? He's an England under nineteens international. The majority of that England under nineteens team will have been loaned out. Like um, uh, somebody I was speaking to the other day, I won't name him, but uh, he sent us a. Uh, it was the teams from when the under-23s played three years ago against Chelsea and beat them 3-1. And the Chelsea team is littered with names you'll all know, players who are playing the Premier League now. The Sunderland team, half of them have been released. It went, the summings went wrong there, hasn't it? If they're mm. going down to Chelsea, beating them 3-1, that Chelsea team had like Tammy Abraham, uh, the lad who's at Huddersfield, I think he got promoted with them. Is that uh, Brown? Uh, is he Brown? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, just a number of players. Kelsey Palmer. Well. Yeah, he was in there as well. Um, Chalibur, Loftus Cheek. Those type of players. Yeah, yeah. Like players we all know. Um, Sunderland went down there and beat them. That was only three years ago. Majority of them players are like Premier League names now. So, the majority of the Sunderland lads aren't there anymore. It's like Tommy Robson got released. Um, I think Mandron was in there. Like players like that, you just think like something's went wrong there. The, 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 We're getting that development between seventeen and nineteen wrong. Whatever oh, it is, big style because they've got good quality players. I've been watching the under twenty threes pretty much all my life, like mm-hmm. on and off going to the games. And you often think, oh, there's a good player, Luscombe. Oh, he's a great player. Him, Hurrihan. Uh, you know, we ended up getting rid of him. He's turned out to be a good player. There's so many we looked at. I'm like, yeah, I can see a future with them. Tunkara, I used to like mm-hmm. look at him, and it it just goes wrong. And that must be on our end. Mikhail Mandron. Yeah, Mandron. Yeah, Mandron was a Ryan Noble. His loans were what Hartlepool and Shrewsbury. Weren't I think they? He went to Fleetwood as well. None, yeah. none of them went well. I, I was going to say I don't yeah. think Michael Mandron was good enough. Mind, but no, but I, th- the, I think players have left this club. Left this club that have been definitely. But he might have been too old when he was going out. That's what I'm saying. Like Ryan seventeen Noble. year old, at seventeen year old, they should be playing Conference North standard football, even Northern League. Eighteen year old, try and get them in the Conference. 19 League 2 like there's, there's got to be a, a step by step because clubs will take them mm, Beckham I remember it's, Beckham it's, you know, different scale but Beckham went to Preston Lampard went to Swansea at really really young ages and they, they all talk about being thrown into it and they just had to, they had to do it otherwise well, the senior pros would hammer them because they're, they're wage dependent on them. George Honeyman like I said earlier he's played 37 games or something this season 
and his only stint away from Sunderland was like a, a month loan at Gateshead a couple of years ago. It's just not right, is it? There's something went wrong there. So you think it, we only ever seem alone to like Gateshead and Hartlepool? Well, there's no progression. Logo. No progression. Do you not think it's maybe an over reliance on those players to try and achieve results at 23's level? Like for instance, we got to the final of the the international cup last which, year, which was, which was the, a good PR. Yeah, exercise in PR but, when the club was on its knees. Basically, yeah. But the lads who played in that game are like the majority of them never went out on loan. Like I think Soro played. Soro Maja played up front in that game. I think. Yeah, they yeah. did. Um, I mean, they're both first teamers now, but which is great. I mean, I like Joel Osorio. I think he's doing well for an eighteen-year-old. I think he's eighteen, isn't he? Um, yeah, he is I don't know. I just think with some of them, the ones who maybe don't stand out, who could benefit from loans away, aren't being given that chance. And it would be nice maybe next season to see because there's a lot of uh, a lot of the eighteens are actually playing in the twenty-threes now. Players like Jack Diamond, Jake Hackett, um, Lee Connolly, the striker. Um, Excuse the pun, but Jack Diamond looked rough. <laughs> he looked he did he looked rough against Newcastle. He looked good, he looked talented, but he you'd see there was a lot of his game that needed He's only sixteen, you know. He's been, been fast whittling down. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, you know, you'll have a year or two more at the Academy, he, but then he needs to go out on loan and get that real game yeah. experience. You, you know, he when um he came from futsal. So yeah, I think until the age of fourteen you only played futsal. So technically like very good. But yeah. again, small, slight looks about. But he he might actually learn quite a lot from his, stepping his, up a bit. His like decision making and his timing seemed a bit off to me against Newcastle. Yeah. He didn't seem to have a I think the full picture yet. But I again, think, you know, sixteen year old. I think along with Barley Mumbar, he's the one they've got the. Do you think highest hopes? He, he was he was well. He was fairly impressive when um when he played against Newcastle. Who's that? Sorry, Mumbar. Mumbar, yeah. yeah. The, he looks like, up there. They don't know which he. Uh, Footy's best foot. I can't good. pronounce his name or spell it on a match report, but he was, he was good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I was No, thinking. you're thinking of Kimpy Oak, are you not? Oh, I'd like Yeah, he's decent as well, though. Because he's physically a lot bigger than the lads yeah, he's playing he looks against. huge. Even though he's an 18s player, he's, he looks like big mm. and strong and tough, um, which is what Mandron looked like in Tunkara, you know what I mean? He was out uh, on the wing, though, wasn't he? Oh, sorry, MK was out on the wing though. Nice. I uh, was so he? Yeah, I don't playing know. up front with Gooch, kind of. Nah, he was like... drifting out of the wing. And then they also had that kind of shields playing. It was kind of like a weird front three sort of thing. Uh, like, it was very fluid, and Gooch was kind was. of Gooch was kind of like false nine, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It was all unusual though because it was like we had four up front pressing yeah, their did. back four, and then four at the back, and then two in the middle, just sort of mm. sitting right yeah. deep as well. It was I, d- one. I just don't think these um, these young players get any any form of reward. For, for the reference well the club now needs to sort of I mean if I was Martin Bain right now I would be studying Southampton and how they went down to League One and rebuilt the club through youth that's what they did essentially the, I know they've always had a famously good youth academy but the amount of good players that have come up from that system now they had a lot of money mind the Libas behind them no but not when you know they initially I mean? went to League One I think they were, weren't they? No, they went admin. No, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I remember them standing sorry. outside they in sold, uh, collection uh, the collection and that. Gareth Bale sell on clothes for like three million. Uh, mm. Think thing is though, like how many clubs have tried to look at Southampton replicated and haven't? See, I, I think, think, think Sunderland have got to be Sunderland. I was about to say we should we should err on the side of caution when trying to copy other people's philosophies. We, I, we need to we need to. You find can learn from them. them. Yeah, you can learn. You from can them. learn from them. I just think. Yeah. I just think criminally, you've got to look at your own flaws and think. Where could Sunderland improve development-wise with these players? Exactly. For me, for me, it's not getting them enough opportunities away from the club. And, and some things are always in vogue. There's always a team in vogue. It was Swansea for a while. It's been Southampton. It's probably Burnley and Bournemouth now. But even Bournemouth have dropped off a little bit. There's mm. always there's always a club that you look at and think, yeah, we should be doing it that way. And you've, it's not necessarily the right way for your club. You've got to think, other than Honeyman, 
the other players have only played this season through necessity because the players in their positions, the senior players, have been injured, you know. Like, would Asoro and Maja have played if we hadn't got rid of Graben and Vaughan and what more had well, been injured? No. And yeah, like, would Ethan Robson have played if McNair had been injured all season or Gibson? Like, the, the only reason they're playing is through necessity. There was no plan for them to be first team players this season. Maybe part of the squad, but there, there certainly was no plan for them to be part of the first team. This is what I mean is like, all right, yes, they're getting a chance and they'll have learned a lot from it, but they shouldn't be in that position. They should be. A year going, the players like that should be coming in the first team with like 50 first team appearances behind them at other clubs, in my eyes. But like Jordan Pickford did, because it's, yeah, it's, it's the one. Do you think it's a coincidence that Pickford was that good when he came in at Sunderland and went for 30 million? Oh, absolutely not. Because he, you know, the others haven't. He played everywhere. He played, well, Preston was the big spell, but he'd been at Bradford before yeah. that. He'd, he'd done each league, hadn't he, on the way up? He'd been, um, he'd been in non league with Boston, Dalton. Like, he'd, he'd done everything, 100 odd appearances to his name. Like, Invaluable experience Exactly And then you've got like You look at the lads Who are coming through now And this is the first chance It doesn't sit right with me No it doesn't Right we're going to take A quick break Um, We'll be back with you shortly With some Twitter questions And we will discuss The state of Sunderland And what we think Is going to happen Next season Hello and welcome back To part two Of the Rugger Report Podcast um, in the week, the news was announced that the Premier Concourse is going to close. Close? Close. This only affects one of our podcasting party here today, and that is the Blythe Man. I know. The Bromster. Bromley. Seasoning. Bromley. Se- seasoned Bromley. Seasoned Bromley. Yeah. So how do you feel about your um, your prawn sandwich seats being closed for the season? <laughs> I was so glad to get them in the summer, because I've been... I used to sit in the back row of the southwest corner, and it was alright but there was no leg room and as things went bad last year it was more likely that I was sitting because we were getting beaten nobody would stand up so I was like right this year I'm going to move upstairs sit with the old people and it's nice up there you get your own private urinal you wear like old people clothes you though you wear like chinos <laughs> and, and jumpers and, and shirts and stuff like that so, and like, you're bald you do fit up there like, and you know you're in a loving relationship with Beth have been for a long time got a dog <laughs> nice car he's like he's like old before his time is the Bromley oh. he'll be buying a house next kids on the horizon kids <laughs> Maybe, who knows? Mm. Beth, if you're listening, Ooh. watch out. Nah, wait, she has to have them, not me. What, sorry? She has to have them, not me. Well, I'm sure you play some part in it, though. Well, I just say hello to it and that. Do, do, you know, do you know how it happens, Connor, or do we need to explain? <laughs> have you got past go first on, base? Yes. Go on, Chris. <laughs> yeah, go on, explain. Chris, you explain. I, that'll listeners. be really good if you explain it in thorough <sighs> detail. So, when a, a mummy and daddy love each other very much so their mummy and daddy so they've, they've had the kid at this point oh, this is going to be a nightmare he's one of those smart like talk me back kids isn't he welcome <laughs> welcome to my whole existence <laughs> <laughs> anyway so they've um, yeah you're Aye, moving so they're moving the, the, you they're having to move us I was so happy to have that seat you've been in my seat though it's a good seat that's good that's as seats go it's a, it's a, a nice very one. nice seat you can so, see the game it's very nice because you can see the whole of the game yeah it's a comfortable plastic chair like the rest of them no it's red. not padded it's red is not it not pink. padded? No, it's not padded. Don't get padded. Not padded. Have a, by a bizarre twist of fit, you might be going to the padded seats next year. Yeah, that's true. So the, they have said that they're going to have to move where we've got an open day that we can attend to pick when you seat. I don't oh. know if we can pick seats that are already <laughs> taken, like, I'm not sure. But uh, we've been told that we're going to have the, the padded middle corporate section for the same price for three years. Like at a frozen rate. That'd be nice to watch the conference on with a, <laughs> with a yeah, will with a padded seat. Do you know why that is though? Because they've filled none of the boxes this season. Mm. Like I was, I was in, um, I was in court for the uh, Villa game, 
and there was nobody around us. Like, yeah. I was sat right in the halfway line on them seats. There was nobody around us. There was loads of empty tables in the Montgomery suite where we were. Like loads of empty tables when I've been in there before and we've been in the league and it's rammed. Well, I presume what they're doing is they're just going to get rid of that corporate section until they go back up. Possibly, I mean, yeah, maybe. because there's quite a lot. There's quite a lot of different areas of corporate in the ground. I know the boxes have. There's not been many boxes sold this year. Nah. Um, so it wouldn't surprise you. I mean, who's going to be paying corporate? rates for it's, League it's, One football it's no place to take corporate sponsors if you want to impress somebody take them to the stadium of light is, is not the best place no to I think if, you, if you're going to read into the, the season ticket prices I presume the most expensive ticket will be 430 quid because that's what my ticket is and I presume that's the rate they're giving us right so that would suggest mm. that they'll probably make the most expensive 430 and bring the rest down I'm not sure but the Black Cats bar will be 430 well I only pay for the 300 odd for the southwest corner, yeah. I think I think it, I think it's about eighty five four payments eighty five quid. Go on, quick maths. So it'd be eighty five one seventy three forty. Scrum. There you go. Pop, pop, pop. Ooh, <laughs> maths, yo. Quick maths. <laughs> Mental <laughs> single <laughs> It's one of the whitest moments in football history. <laughs> Good maths. So, uh, do you want us to read a little C- bit of cultural appropriation? Yes, yeah, that would be good. <clears throat> so this is what the club have told you, yeah. I'd like seasoning before, please. Dear Connor, thank you for your continued support. As you may be aware, earlier in the season, we ceased the sale of match-to-match tickets in the Premier Concourse with the aim of increasing fan numbers within the lower bowl and boosting stadium atmosphere. I don't think it's worked. Bollocks. Next. The decision has now been taken to close the Premier Concourse at the end of the season to both season card holders and match sales unless demand dictates that additional capacity is required. We believe that closing the Premier Concourse will help us to improve match atmosphere while also reducing the costs associated with safety stewards and kiosk staff in the area. Ah, so that's that's the bottom that's line. That's what it is. It? That's the bottom line. Where there's only reduce the costs. Two bars <coughs> open in the top tier now. Which I tell you, an even better way to improve match atmosphere is actually win some games occasionally. Invest in the team. Um, in the field. Score some goals and don't be shit. The, mm. the, the final, you know, really. That might work juicy bits are should you choose to renew your season card for season 2018-19 we will relocate you to any available seat of your choice within the stadium at no additional cost your renewal for the seat will be priced at the same rate as it would have been the premier concourse even if you should choose a seat in a higher price band should you select a seat in a lower price band this price will of course prevail we will guarantee that you pay no more than this renewal price for the following three years should the premier concourse reopen is the premier concourse not expensive though it's 430 for me. So what, you, what are you going to do, Bromley? Uh, again, well, obviously, if I was to renew, I'll pay the same price and sit in the comfy seat. Oh, he's a fucking... I love it, me. I'll come in like the suit every week. See, I, <laughs> I, I, I go in the south stand, me, and jump around a bit. You see, I used to like that, but... And then you turn 23 <laughs> and now you're... Yeah. I started wearing well, cardigans. I, I like going to the away <laughs> games for that reason, but like, I just got sick of being in the, the southwest corner. The atmosphere was getting a bit toxic, like last That's year. That's where I sit, um... But I've had the same seat since, what, 18 years now? Um, it's, it's strange, really. You've got, like, the same heads have been there for, like, 18 years. And then, like, now it's just us. That's all that's left. There's, like, rows and rows, empty seats around us. Are you in the yeah. bottom bit or the top bit? Of uh, row 30. All oh, right. Oh, so, near the back. I was 36. About 
about eight rows from the back, I think. What, you're age 36, so. <laughs> Row 36. Don't 36. be a dick. No, I'm not. I was just, just asking. I sound like you were being a dick. No, no, Dragon, no. Uh, Dragon Martin Bain will sit in the Premier Concourse just to avoid <laughs> getting shouted at by people again. Well, yeah, they're keeping the director's box up there. Press the box. Press box up there and the away fans up there. Interestingly enough, though, for the away fans is, I presume they'll just give them uncapped tickets. Because there will be teams that will be buzzing to be at the stadium. Yeah, like, I don't think you can give uncapped tickets in the league. Do you, th- do you think, though... They run about. Oh, we're looking to improve match atmosphere by moving people downstairs. The only way to really do that would have been able to take the away fans with them. Because I, I obviously I've sat in that seat for years now in the southwest, and even when the games were crap, the atmosphere was improved by having the away fans right next to you. Bit of crack, got the songs going and stuff. But it always looked bad on TV when they didn't bring any. It looks bad on TV now. Well, yeah, no, that's true. That's so what they, I thought they were moving the. North East corner Well I would You would presume so But I, I imagine it's all linked Like they spent a lot of money Renovating the stadium For the to purpose of away fans Upstairs didn't they I suppose um, it'll cost them Far less than policing as well Wait, I who, can't. who you're segregating to it's like, mm. Whoa whoa Don't start on that empty seat whoa, <laughs> <laughs> Well Newcastle go. fans You know oh, Nice segue <laughs> Nice segue Alright well we pulled Some Sunderland fans um, On Twitter And 52% of just over 2,000 said they will not be renewing season tickets. What effect, if any, could this have on our failing club? Well, I was thinking about, um, while I was fuming on Saturday night, about mm. protest ideas. I don't know if an idea could be as if fans... You protesting would be the most middle-class thing ever, <laughs> ever to happen. Class. I'm from a working class. No, I'm not biting. That was anyway, a bite. That was, it was Colin's like, I've got a perfectly normal-sized TV, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> My second car's not that expensive. <laughs> Yeah, you painted me out would be dead. <laughs> me chinos are only three for hundred quid. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. a good protest idea could be. I don't know if it'll have any legs, but tell people not renew until you know certain nah. certain demands. I mean, if, you if you've ever been to a cup game at the stadium, like when there's like sugar, sugar twelve, sugar <laughs> when there's ever like whenever you're at a cup game at the stadium, like there's like twelve, thirteen thousand in the early rounds against a crap team. Fidel. That- <laughs> Let the man finish. Sorry, I'm just. I'm How just... am I getting? Are you comparing me to Fidel Castro? <laughs> Fidel Bromley. Why? <laughs> just, just got like a Che Guevara image in my head of of you going around the streets protesting. Yeah, well. Protest of one, a dirty protest. Anyways, <laughs> um, we're enjoying no, on the, on the, on, when Talking about season tech renewals and stuff. I think if you've ever been to an early round cup game. And seeing how many people turn up for those, it's going to be something around those lines, I think. Maybe like 12, 13,000 people renew. I don't think it's going to be good. I think 12, 13,000 is decent. It probably is for a League One yeah, side. Probably league one. triple the average but, League One attendance. Um, but it, it's just, that that's probably Sunderland's diehard. Like, I'll, I'll be there. I can't help myself. Like, it's my club at the end he of the loves day. It. Gav loves it. No, but I've, I've said plenty of times that this regime and these players will not define my relationship with the club it's been there my whole life it's not going to change now um, ah see this leads us leads us on very nicely to a, a contentious issue we're kind of of the older kind of younger generation if you know what I mean we're not older younger we're not really old but we're, we've been around long enough for, to see Sunderland do moderately well I describe, yeah. us, I describe I us as the last generation if I get interrupted again I'm going to headbutt somebody I swear <laughs> so you interrupt me before well no that's fine you I'm most <laughs> I'm trying to direct this pod I'm trying to steer the ship before it goes down like the Titanic and then me and Bromley will be on the front and it'll be great anyway 
Is that your gay dreams? Yeah, it is. Jesus, yeah. go. Anyway, Alex McCain wrote an article about losing a generation. His brother, who I think is 10, he has no reason to support Sullivan. He doesn't want to go. Um, the, the last line in the in the article really got me. It was like, my brother came back from the from his training um, in his Arsenal shirt and the wash, so he wore his Barcelona kit. And it's like... What a fickle 10-year-old, eh? We, nah. we, 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 had a, we had a reason Bastard. to support Sunderland but I think we're going to lose a generation his mum and dad go to Turkey on holiday get them full strips for a tenner oh, I got one of them off me nan uh, I don't uh, think Real Madrid Beckham on the back I don't think you lose a generation I know people talk about it people talk about League One being the end of the world and it's not the end of the world no, I'm not saying it's the end of the world but I think we could, lo- we could seriously lose a generation of I, d- I don't think you do cause and it's not even necessarily because League One we could be in the championship and be shite but, yeah, but yeah. kids don't want to come but yes some kids don't want to come but once it starts turning the other way kids will you know, I that's don't, that's the thing, though. Man United top. It's an unknown. Nile, really, isn't it? Nile. Did he? Yeah. Nile Bromley with a Man United top. Yeah. Dear, but dear. If Sunderland do, if Sunderland win the first five six games in League One, people will come back. But it's got to be steady. Like this isn't just a a thing that's just come round. This decline that's been happening for years. Like how how bad have we been since Steve Bruce left? Even at home. Like, oh, Brucey sympathise that. No. Well, no, I'm just just got saying. Got a tenth, you know. Got a tenth. <laughs> <laughs> But at home, we've been awful for a long time, and slowly but surely the crowds are dropping and dropping and dropping. And until there's winning football to watch, what what sort of ex- like was that? A kids for kids for a quid tickets not long ago. I can't remember. I think it was was Still it the Brentford Christmas. game? It was like three games over Christmas, wasn't it? No, but there was one really recently. I'm sure it was the Brentford game. Was kids for a quid, and the attendance didn't move a jot. No, it was Brentford. Yeah, like, I remember. I distinctly remember thinking like, there's not a lot of. Families and kids here, mm-hmm. and the tickets are a quid. And there's only nineteen thousand one hundred at the Villa game, actually in the ground. <sighs> yeah, you can tell us by looking around. It's ridiculous. That well, it's not ridiculous. I totally understand why people don't come. And like I said, I'll I'll never change the way I am. I'll always go. It's more than just the match to me. It's a social thing. Spend time with family and stuff, friends. But like, I can totally understand why people are just like, yeah, sod this, like, and get encouraging people to pay what they're paying this, like. I'm paying the same as what I paid last year in the Premier League. If I'm paying the same to watch League One football, that's going to put a lot of people off. But can the club afford to drop season ticket what, prices? What do you think about we talked about it last week, I think. Um, doing a do you remember Hartlepool where they sold seven thousand tickets and it meant everyone got for a hundred quid? Mm. Right. Do you not think that could be a good incentive? As if you sell X amount, if they sold twenty thousand season tickets, then everyone gets it for one hundred and fifty quid. Would that not be a good incentive? I'm sure, Bradford it, did that. Yeah, Bradford this season. Yeah. Can, do you honestly think twenty thousand people are going to be that arsed about for even for oh, quid? That's yeah. the thing. The level of apathy is just too high. My, my brother-in-law like goes to every game, and half times doesn't have to pay for a ticket because most people can't be asked to go. I've got my last four free. Like, cheese grim. Like, no, but like exactly like mm. the people the people who are humming and hawing over buying a season ticket know they can get them for now anyways right 150 quid right James you don't have a ticket at the minute no oh, you, 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 I'll get pelted right <laughs> <now>. oh, <God, laughs> he's not again. a real fan again. I'm not no, a real fan 150 quid though would you get a season ticket hmm <laughs> doubtful like to be honest what for 150 just just because simply at, where's simply, the value for money simply at the moment my circumstances that I do work a Saturday night so I don't tend to go to the game and next season I don't know where I'm going to be right, four payments of what 60 quid 50 quid no, it's less than that. It's four payments of like forty. Quid. If if I was living in Sunderland and I had a wife in Sunderland and it was the only thing like I was doing, I had gone for it. But I really apart from the wife, 
<laughs> I, don't, I really don't know what my circumstances are going to be. That's the thing. Everyone's different, you know. Everyone's got a different set of circumstances. Doesn't make you any less of a fan if you don't get a season ticket in my eyes. But I just think people who are going to be on the fence about buying one will just be able to pick and choose their games anyways because you've been able oh. for the last God knows how long. Like, I know they killed all the corporate sponsorship tickets. There was something like 68,000, they reckoned, every match day was being given away for free. It does seem ridiculous, but then you look around the stadium, you think you could use those six to eight thousand people at the games now, couldn't you? Just filling the place out a bit. Well, not only that, though, it encourages people to come back. If you take your, if you get a free ticket with your kid and your kid loves football, like loves it, then they'll come back. But then the, the, there's the argument it's like people who buy season tickets, how, how do they feel about the fact someone sat next to them might not be paying for a ticket? Me personally, I couldn't care less. Like there was all this talk. About potentially like putting the tickets right, right down for the rest of the season to try and get people in the stadium, um, and like I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, I pay quite a lot of money for my season ticket every year, but I don't think it would if, if it meant that the ground was busier. I think I'd be happy with that, but I don't think many would. Like, and, and you can there's so much contention there. Like, um, I think they're just gonna have to suck it up next year. They're gonna lose a lot of money. Like, gav for the many, not the few. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, right, we'll move to some Twitter questions. Loves the Twitter questions. Um, what is the least way? No, what? Sorry, what is the least painful way to claw out your own eyes? <laughs> asks Kia M. Land, the least with a spoon. Nah. It has to be after some sort of serrated edge, though, wouldn't you? To mm. surely really you would just want somebody tendons. to like knock your square out, so you're unconscious, and then get them spooned out. That's a good show. Yeah. <laughs> I like this one by Adam Theaker, who says, "Can we raffle off a game and goal, raise money for good cause, and improve our goalkeeping choices?" Why not? Well, right. you get a few entries of that. Big Mickey loves. Big Mickey loves a goalkeeper. Is he? All right. I'm my little brother's a fourteen-year-old, six-foot-two goalkeeper for his uh, his local team. Like, so he's all right. Eight day job. Um, if we go down asks Matthew Lee what will the summer involve selling the club or damage limitation for League One uh, oh, it's a bit of a loaded question not really up to us it's if, uh, Mr. Mr. Short really isn't it I, mm. I think you can definitely say that there are some there's been promises made to Coleman that he's referred to so something is going to happen in the summer so there's going to be some investment in the squad it's going to have to be because we're going to lose realistically we're going to lose Kone Oviedo uh, Salter Brown is already gone mm. um, you know so we'll have no defenders unless they re-sign John O'Shea Corny will be good at League One like. re-sign him he's signed <laughs> for another couple of years isn't he John O'Shea nah, no it was, it was one year it was just a one year, one year. he's got to retire soon like. mm. he'd be the manager man oh, ah. he might become part of the furniture but he needs to retire from playing Hannah Brown who was always full of banter asks if Sunderland <laughs> AFC were a song what song would they be uh, ooh, I'm comfortably numb come on nice or just Numb by Lincoln Park. Or Numb On Call by to- Lincoln Park Jay-Z. Toxic by nice. Britney Spears. Toxic, mm. nice. Good song. I'm trying uh, to think of any like money-related songs that insinuate a lack of money or drive or determination or bottle or balls. Describe Ella Short as a gold digger, like, but that's Ah, you could have. Uh, not like really, that. because he's put a shit ton of money in it. Just as a, I just want to put like an aside in, uh, we'll talk about before. They've got until... You're not allowed to put asides in? Yeah, well, I Ask permission before you put an aside in. <laughs> Can I have permission to put this on? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> we have until the fourth Thursday of this month to file for administration without getting a point deduction next season. Really? <laughs> Not saying it's going to happen. I'm just throwing that out there. So if it does happen, I can point you back to this moment and say, told you. It's going to be in the back of my mind all week, that now. It'd only be 10 points, though, wouldn't it? We didn't need them. I'm still thing. trying to think of a song that describes something perfectly. <laughs> have a look at me, Do you yeah. not think it's going to be something totally random that doesn't. With like, or without you? I can't live with no, or without you. 
it, it'd be something like that makes no sense, that has no link to anything because that's just what living life every day like a sudden fan is. Temptation by New Order because it's always quite tempting to go Wait, back. Sing it no, I can't sing. What about the tax song oh, by Buzzcocks? Uh, that's a good shout. Because you feel like you need to be on some sort of mild drug to get through life as a Sunderland fan. Maybe mm. in the summer we can do Always a, Like This a by Bombay podcast. Bicycle Club. Mm. I don't know that. that uh, oh, you're not you cool, have I forgot. To literally sing is the song. I mean, I'm so middle mm. class. Uh, <laughs> just watch the proms and that's it. Hate to say I told you so <laughs> by the house. I just watch the proms. <laughs> I watch the proms. Oh, and oh I've got a good one. I've got a good one. Every day I love you less and less by the Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, oh that's an excellent Nah, one. that doesn't describe me. It I does. still love Sunderland. Well, I still love them, but every day is a little bit less like. The importance of being idle by Oasis. Are we just going through your Spotify list now? But pretty much, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the listeners are really enjoying this. Is there any of them called like Jason Steele the Donkey or something like that? No, they're in, we should write that song maybe. We'll we'll bring out Roker Report oh, Records. Surely somebody in the group chat's got some musical talent. Roker Report Podcast, Roker Report TV, Roker Report Records. Ah, what could be? R R R. Roker Report merchandise. Why on earth are we not monetizing short out? Would you, would you buy <laughs> Roker Report merchandise? If it said short out exclamation mark and was Oh, you had like a picture of Conor Bromley, which yeah, I think is, or you know. a picture of me punching you in the face, as is on. Is that on Twitter? It's going to be. No, it's not yet. It's going to be. Oh, oh nice. scary. Like Gab's going to live tweet it. Right, let's have a look. Um, Alex J. McCain says, if we lose at home to Burton, is this the lowest point in the club's history? Statistically, probably, yes. Well, not statistically, because we've been in the third division. We have, but this is probably the worst, statistically the worst Sunderland team in terms of being relegated. I, would, I, think, I think it is, yeah. Someone posted a table on Twitter like the other day. No, it's Chris Weatherspoon. Aye, from ALS. From ALS, Chris, yeah. And of real sport, like me and Connor. Hmm? Good lad, cool. Good lad. Um... He posted the he posted the facts which literally suggests this is the worst it's ever been. It is. Um, well, I think we'd have to win nearly every game the, between the, now and the end of the season. Can it be a team like who's came finished bottom of one league and finished bottom of the next? No, Wolves did. Bottom and bottom. Yeah, I think so. Did I think, they? Yeah, there's two teams have done it in history, and I think both of them are Wolves. I'm, you would have to look that up. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Wolves done it in like the eighties and, and then and then they did it. They did it. Um, they got, rele- they got relegated We bought Fletcher off them And they got relegated um, Oh great deal that one I, And then uh, I think the season after They went Dean Saunders was yeah. manager And they That's went down to League One Steel Sol back And then Dean Saunders Was it Banks Blake Kicking around then as well Yeah But he's Probably. now playing uh, He played a Blythe Spartans The other week for someone I Did he? Who it was. No, Shite. I forgot you were a Blythe <laughs> fan Wait I Never mentioned Got to spot a winning team yeah, that's true <laughs> right anyway we'll go to a little Preston preview I think I'm going to put you on the spot and get you to do it in 20 seconds because love that to revive the feature because Only I haven't for 20 seconds point. yeah Copley loves his 20 seconds <laughs> I do that's, that's all I last so these days say, <laughs> <laughs> um, right so I want I want a score and I want 20 seconds of why you think that score will ring true does that make sense so you basically just want us to do a 20 second match preview and prediction pretty much and then I'll <laughs> I'll cast the eye over who's going to win I and never it probably win. won't be you You're because pro- I don't like you but why, why why would I be biased to a middle class man from Blythe uh, that's exactly it I'm a Tory I'm no a you're not <laughs> I'm <gonna shut> <laughs> spit on you no I, unless you can Very think of a better question <laughs> I, <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> right we'll start with Warcam 3, 2, 1 2, 1 Sunderland Sunderland go a goal down and then in the 90th minute score twice through Josh Madger and Joel Osoro to send Stadium Light in absolute raptures. Chris Coleman runs onto the pitch, tears his shirt off, beats his chest and we rally to stay safe in the championship for another year. Oh, nice. 19.65 <laughs> seconds. That was good. Bromley? 
Are you ready? Not really. Concentrate. <clears throat> I know it's hard. Who are you playing Preston? Preston Alley. I've got that stage where I've... I Preston, I'm not ready. I'm next game. Okay. I forget. Like Anyway, 3-2-1. Three, go. 3-3, three, three, because last time I saw Preston was a midweek Tuesday postponed game and it finished 3-3 three, three and they scored a free kick in the last minute. So I think that's going to happen again. Do you have anything more to add? Do you want to use nah, nine sentences? That's it, really. Sound, sound. Gav? Um, I'm going for 2-0 Preston. I just think... I think we've lost the plot at this stage. I think the fans know that we're down, even though the maths don't say as much. Um, I would like to see Coleman be a bit more adventurous with his team selection, but if Ashley Fletcher starts again, then I might just top myself. That was very, very nicely done. 19.83. Uses the time well, unlike Bromley. But you gave Nichols a win one week because he used three seconds. I did not give him the win. I said it was better than yours. I gave Gav the win that week. I win this feature every week. I think Chris actually won that one. No, yes. yeah, Chris, you were good. Really shady. He was talking more about what was happening after the game than what was happening in the game. Well, no, that was during was the game. Coleman was going to run on um, on the second goal and rip his shirt off. That's what's going to happen. Oh. I, I thought Chris's was out in turn. Was anyone at that Preston 3 3 game? In all three mm, or four? No. When was that? I think it was all three or four. Three or four. Mm. Oh, was it at home? It was postponed. It was a postponed game, and then they scored a spawny free kick I last minute. A spawny free I kick? I don't remember it, but I will have been there. It like deflected in or something like that. Spawny? I've never heard that before. But, but we don't tend to do very well at Preston, to be honest. I remember when Keane was manager, we lost there, I think. We lost there. What would we do at home? I think we lost. Did we? Yeah, it I'd... sounds very Sunderland like to lose. <laughs> very similar <laughs> to lose. Are they, are they still doing alright? They were around the playoffs last time we played them, I think. They were doing quite well, weren't they? They're just a steady Eddie, they're 10th every year. Well, well there we go. That, that, that's the type of team we'll lose to. Uh, yeah, it is, isn't it? We'll lose to every team, obviously, but like generally speaking. <laughs> team, Preston sounds like a team we'd lose to, doesn't it? Just a, a hard working team Some that's got nothing to lose. Preston for. Tense. I'll tell you what, he would have been a manager for us in the summer, like Alex Neal. You reckon? Not because he was free and available, we could have had him. We didn't. We, we decided to we take had, the man that he replaced. We, we decided to flirt with Derek McInnes for all of the summer, and then when Imagine. we got knocked back, we panicked and uh, pointed at Wally. We should have got Neil Warnock as well. Neil Warnock. Warnock was already man. at Cardiff. He, is, he was, but he's Aye, a but genius. He, he hadn't signed. Like he no, I think wasn't he had. Sure no. He was going back. Nah, he would. May might have took the sun and dropped, but he he is what you need in in the situation like ours. He, he took Cardiff from being quite bad. Cardiff were yeah. on the verge I've, of. I've said it quite a few times, like, but I, I've, like his book is brilliant. Like I totally changed my opinion on Neil Warnock when I read that book. Someone the YouTube documentary. Ah, that classic art, like. But he, now his book, if anyone's not read it, it's really good. Um, it's about he's three. He had three really difficult jobs off the bounce. It was like, uh, I think it was Palace, QPR, and Leeds. Leeds, I, and every one of them went through an ownership change while he was there. Mm. And it's just him talking about his methods and so really good, like. He got QPR promoted with the biggest dickhead in the world as his captain, uh, and that was his. Adel Tarap. Yeah, he made Tarap captain because he knew that would get the best out of him, and it did. And that's what got him promoted. Just little things like that. No one, if it was Sunderland, to be honest, though, he would, would end up getting relegated doing something stupid like that. And we're not even on commission to sell his book, so no. if you want something selling on this podcast or plugging, then please get in touch with at Roker Report. Yeah, we, we are dangerously low on sweets. Mm, dangerously so low. I, I've, yeah. I have still got some in the house from SAFC North Yorkshire that I've been meaning to bring in, but I just forgot. When you've eaten them? No, no. There's, there's there's loads left. There's sherbet and all sorts and lollies and I just, just forgot. Keep it for Halloween. I just want to. Every day's Halloween when Bromley's around. Just want to slightly side thing, right? What do you think out of the three teams top the championship right now with Wolves, with uh, Espirito, you've got Cardiff with Warnock and Villa with Bruce. Assuming them the three that go up, 
who out of those three does the best in the Premier League or do they all just come straight back down mm. Wolves just for the money Wolves behind them best, yeah. if, if they, provided they don't get done for the amount of money that they've spent and the, the dodgy way because it is weirdly like I don't know I don't think there's any been anything like it in the championship where they've had just allowed, allowed an agent to run a club basically mm. If they if they can get away with that a year in the Premier League they'll be fine because they're already talking about signing like players from Porto and Benfica oh, and right. stuff. Uh, I think they'll be fine. I think I think of all the teams, uh, there was a there was a point when they were saying like oh Wolves could probably finish mid table. I know they've tailed off a bit, but like you just watch them and you think oh, they would they would do all right in the Premier League against some of the shit teams. Well, that Wolves chat concludes the podcast unless you've got anything to add, Bromley. I was just going to say I would fancy Villa. Wol- Wolves cast, Villa cast. Cardiff I just, I just reckon Cardiff will go down. That's all I. I just don't down. think they'll do very well. Is the, the, aye, Dad, Cardiff will go down. You shite. Aye, if Cardiff have <laughs> any aspirations of staying up, they should. Oh, I live every day just to watch Vincent Tan boo his own team off the pitch <laughs> <laughs> with his with his Cardiff shirt tucked into his trousers. Uh, he, he looks like a Bond villain. Him. Oh, he Vincent, so is. That was Vincent a good Tan. Game, that. I can't believe he's still there. Anyway, this is how interesting Son and I have started talking about. I can't stand any more of it. Talk about Vincent Dunn. Why don't we like do that? Why don't we like make the podcast like Sunderland for ten minutes and then we'll talk about something else? I can do any, nah. anything other than football. We'll talk about what's your flavour ice cream and stuff like that. Mint chocolate. Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> ben and Jerry's chocolate brownie. Chocolate brownie's alright, but the caramel one's decent as well. Feast. Any, if anybody wants to send us any Ben and Jerry's, then get It'll in touch. Melt. It'll be melted by the time. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll keep it in a little freezer bag, mate. Okay. If anyone, could send, us, if anyone could send us a freezer box and some ice cream for the podcast, just anything really. Oh, one last thing before we go. If anyone's still listening at this point, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done. First, we've got a signed Sunderland shirt from this season to give away. Just let us know on Twitter if anyone would be asked about entering yeah. a competition for it, because otherwise it's going on the fire. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no we've got we've got this season's top. Uh, I'm just looking at it now in front of us. We've got this season's top and this certificate of authenticity. Um, Kindly given to us by club sponsors Daffabet, who are very, very good to wrote a report. Um, it's got every player's signature on it. So if you want something to wipe your arse with, <laughs> let us know. Is it not Rodwell? It's, oh, oh, there's no, no even, there's no even point of like running a competition. If you want the shirt, just tell us like in a hundred <laughs> in a hundred words or less why you deserve this shirt, and we'll. And there will, in all fairness, there will be people who would appreciate this. Aye. Um, a lot more now. Well, I've got no use for a signed shirt. No, no, we're gonna, we're, we've got two. We're gonna keep one for the set for the TV studio. And the other one, we will decide at a later date what to do with. So, Aye. if anyone's got any good causes that could use a signed shirt, uh, there we go. It's just Let a us know. Scribbles, because uh, the there might be someone doing a raffle for a charity or a kids' footy team or Aye. something. Aye, precisely. Yeah, yeah, you're more than welcome to it. Just let us know. To a good cause, right? Well, thank you for Daffa, to Daffabet for that. Um, for those signed shirts, we will be back. Uh, with a pod on Monday we also have Rogue Report TV with myself and Connor Bromley on Wednesday expect that Wednesday night Thursday morning at the probably latest Wednesday, I think probably we're Wednesday probably Wednesday night we're going to have this week sorted out we are on Twitter at Rogue Report we are on Instagram at Rogue Report Facebook forward slash Rogue Report and we are on YouTube which is what's the, the YouTube out of here again forward slash Rogue Report SAFC. Ah, you just type it and you'll get it anyway. And just thanks, just search YouTube for Rooker Report and it comes up. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Church Lane. They have a St. Patrick's Day burger on this week. Oh, nice. What is it? Describe it. Um, I'm not actually sure what it's it got is. got Guinness in the beef or I, something. I think so, I but it's, um, I think we'll have, to, we'll have to pop down and try one of them. Definitely. I, I need to try one next time. No, that's... You haven't you been your face. That, I re- like you beef been with Guinness in would be lush. Copley doesn't eat beef. I don't eat beef. I always have the chicken when I go. 
snippish. It's not, not, not a fun of beef. Did, last time we were there, the, the, the wifey got his order wrong. <laughs> she, she was very... To be fair to that wifey, she was most she helpful. She was really nice, but he, I was like, copy man, just fucking eat it. It's the same beer guy, just wants chicken, wants beef. And he's like, oh, I don't eat beef. beef, don't eat beef texture. Didn't texture. quite say it like that. Though. She said, I don't eat beef, Connor. I just don't like it. Actually, to be fair, I like a bit of like tender beef and gravy, but... So do you not like, like a good steak? No, no. For the steak. steak and blowjob day, I change it. Chicken and blowjob day. Chicken and blowjob day. Mm. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Well, you know, I don't... I, I Whatever. Don't need, podcast doesn't like blowjobs. Pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to assert my masculinity through beef, lads. It's all right. I like a rare steak. Can you stop playing with the chair, please? It's making a lot oh, of noise. listening now. Yeah, we've lost everyone at this point. Oh, we have. Right. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you for... <laughs> for listening once again Chris cheers for coming on ah oh, no bother Gav as always a pleasure no problem Connor Bromley I've got to spend all fucking week with you bud no Friday's off Friday's off we'll see each other Friday you'll probably still be messaging every three times text every two seconds oh, text us text us what are you up to what are you up to 11 Nothing, o'clock Connor. to remind us to bring something when I was already <laughs> at my girlfriend but it's not my fault you were already married is it married Aye. not married yeah you are got a ring on your finger yep hasn't he that's fine for you. I'll be what married. shirts is World Habitat Day? Yeah, right, because I used to be a volunteer in Florida, Habitat for Humanity, building houses for the poor. Middle class people do tend to do that every now and again, though, don't they? Yeah. Did you have dreadlocks and braids in your hair and shit? <laughs> nah. Right, anyway, this is really boring for the listeners now. Yeah, and if you made it to the end, thank you very much. Yeah, let us know if you did make it to the end. Right, we are the Rogue Report podcast and we are signing off. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>